Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Welcome to Winter. Oh, the weather outside's going to be frightful. It's Winter Wednesday here on Red Eye Radio. <laughs> we'll be discussing cold weather and whatnot. Gary, how are you? It's it's going to be cold, and uh, so because uh, and this is you know we we've listened to all the TV shows, uh-huh. and all the TV morning shows, especially, and all the uh, the radio morning shows over the last fifty years. Yeah. Yeah. In this country, and and so the advice will be: don't forget make, to wear pants. Right, make sure you wear pants. Mm-hmm. Wear winter clothes. Yeah, do not wear shorts. You want to bundle up. Yes, make bundle, sure you bundle up. Bundle up the kids before you send them out to school. And no, then, I wasn't going to do that. And then there's the one guy. It's always, there's always the one guy where you you know you have to go to the store or something, and then he hops out of his car and kind of walks really quickly because he's wearing a jacket. But he's also wearing shorts. Yeah. <laughs> you'll see that. Yeah. You'll see that in Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> you'll see people that are, it's amazing how, you know, the, the temperature may be in, in the 30s and somebody walks in with a jacket and shorts on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with, with like uh, slippers and white low ankle socks. <laughs> yeah. And the shorts aren't actually shorts. They're boxers. But. Well, maybe not boxers, but the but the gym shorts, the ugly gym shorts. I, I, uh, I'm pretty sure I saw somebody the other day wearing Ew. boxers, and ma'am, they looked lovely. <clears throat> yeah, true story. Seriously, can we get dressed? Get dressed. Yes. When you leave the house, get dressed. Right. Our, our winter advice: get dressed before you leave the house. And that's I don't I don't care what the weather is. Get dressed. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Get dressed. Put something on. You're going to be at the airport uh, coming up uh, late Thursday night, right in the in the heart of the the uh, yeah. cold weather. Right in the heart uh, of, the, and, of the coldest weather. And you'll be you'll be watching as as people show up in their pajamas, carrying a pillow and a blanket, and one of those neck pillows already around their neck. You know, I, I got, I finally got a, a neck pillow that I think will work. Yeah. My problem is I will fall asleep on the plane and then the head starts bobbing mm-hmm. and then it just, my neck just goes boom right down and comes back up. And this is a thing that you put on the front side of the neck and there's actually a plastic little thing in there that rests on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. So you can, it's got like, it's like a scarf thing and you, so you can lean your head like this. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can lean your head like a little bit to the left, a little bit forward, and it holds it in so your head doesn't fall down. I can't tell you how many times my probably and I'm not on a two three hour flight that I'll take. Mm. I will fall asleep and my head probably twenty times will just it's just you know I'll sleep for like five minutes and the head just starts slowly going down then boom and then back mm. up again mm-hmm. and you wake up and then I you just go back into it. Mm-hmm. That's why I duct tape my head to the back of the chair. <laughs> I don't even sleep. I just do that because it's fun. It's fun and. And so I actually, I just got, I'll be trying it out uh, in this this time uh, flying. Um, but I'm, again, I will be, let me see, it's, uh, let me see, two days from now, two days and uh, two days and 90 minutes from now, I'll probably be getting, waking up. You know, we need to get you. Uh, I don't know if they still sell them, but somebody, it, it, they might. Somebody in, invented this for truck drivers. And it was either a hat or something that goes onto your hat, and it makes an electronic beeping noise if your head, if you look down. So basically, if your head falls, you know, down, then it's going to make a a beeping noise. My question was always, well, what if they, you know, because it, it's supposed to keep them from falling asleep at the wheel. But what if they fall asleep and their head doesn't turn down? But we need to get you one of those. That way it just gets really loud on the plane. Beep, beep. <laughs> Sir, could you turn that off? You're disturbing the other passengers. <laughs> I mean, for me, you know, I grew up in, in you know, it's going to be a probably 12, 13 degrees, mm-hmm. which is, again, everybody in South Dakota is laughing, mm-hmm. you know, at me saying that. But it's it's so unusual to, to, uh, to get that here. But, you know, it'll be. Here's the only thing I'm concerned with. Both of my vehicles have batteries that are just a year old, so I'm fine. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. That's all right. that matters. Yeah. I, I can pull the one vehicle out of the garage. Mm-hmm. I can let it idle for 10 minutes since I'm getting everything ready. Yeah. I can put everything into the vehicle while it's in the garage. Right. You know, my my, uh, my uh, carry-on, by the way, my mm-hmm. carry-on and my uh, European mail handbag. Uh <laughs> Your purse. Wasn't there? There's was no sign. Man purse. Yeah. I wear a purse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and so uh, then I'll just have to you know run out to the run out to the vehicle, and and I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, is it going to be cold running out the front door back to the vehicle again just to leave? <laughs> <laughs> I hate cold. Well, it's but, I, I don't the cold. I can I can deal with. It's the wind. Yeah, and the wind's gonna. Yeah, the wind's gonna be. We're gonna uh, have uh, bad, yeah. uh, gusts. Yeah. They put out a wind chill, not advisory, a wind chill watch. I don't even know what that means. Can I? Is it possible to watch for? <laughs> well, I mean, how about feel? Yeah, feels like the feels like temp. Can you just say wind chill? Don't treat me like a three year old. Feels like, don't because somebody made that decision probably at the Weather Channel. Yes, <laughs> where they said, "Look, we can't say wind chill because people don't understand what that means. We need to say feels like, feels like, feels like." Uh, yeah, I'll uh, ask my friend Bill Karens over at NBC meteorologist who started that. And by the way, quit naming winter storms. They've been doing that for years now. 
it, it just because they say, uh, you know, something like, Robert could wreak havoc on Christmas weekend. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, who the hell is Robert? <laughs> just say winter storm. Because the feels like temperature is going to be dangerous. My daughter, my oldest daughter, was going to be traveling during that. And and I texted her yesterday morning. I said, please make sure that, you know, everything is, have your car checked out. Make sure, because she's taking her daughters with her. And I said, you got to have, put extra blankets and food and, and your big jackets. And she texted me back, yeah, we're not going. <laughs> yeah, I have a pretty short window. Um it looks like I'm going to be fine to get in because I get into I'm going through Charlotte. <laughs> Thank goodness I'm mm-hmm. not. I don't go through O'Hare anymore during the winter. Yeah, no. or during the summer. <laughs> no, no, because the the worst uh, delay I ever had was flying through O'Hare in I think it was in August on a Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. and I was supposed to get into you know I was flying Buffalo, Chicago, Dallas. And I was on a Sunday, and I should have gotten in, oh, probably to Dallas around six o'clock in the evening, and I didn't get in till three thirty the next day, and I yeah. was up the entire night, yeah, the entire because yeah. we, we, that's uh, thunderstorms, right? So, yeah. but yeah. other than that, I've never had to stay in a hotel. Mm-hmm. I've never stayed overnight in a hotel where we had to stay because when uh, that time I was flying from Buffalo to Chicago. And they, we went to Madison, Wisconsin. And then they just said, okay, all the flights are canceled. We can get you into Dallas by Tuesday. Mm. It's like, what are you out of your minds? Right. What do you mean Tuesday? I can't wait till Tuesday. They said, well, here's the other choice then. You can, you can uh, uh, take a bus here from the Madison airport to the University of Wisconsin student union steps. Mm. And, and this is, this is probably because we waited in line for like three hours. Uh, yeah. We were waiting in line because there. You, when you when we when we got to Madison, there were like fifteen planes already there, right? All canceled, right? Yeah. And so everybody's, you know, it, it was so like three hours. So probably got to be eight or nine o'clock. The sun was still up by the time we took a cab, and they paid for the cab fare and everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and uh, we uh, they said what you will do is you will will you know take a cab. And go to the uh, University of Wisconsin Student Union steps hmm. at two in the morning, or it was one in the morning, two in the morning, whatever it was. A, a bus will come and pick you up and take you to O'Hare. You can get to O'Hare like about six or seven in the morning, hmm. and and so uh, I had met these two women, and they were both going to Dallas, mm-hmm. and so we became instant friends. And to the point where they trusted me when we got to the student union steps, we hadn't eaten in, in ages. Mm. And they said, well, let's go to the row of bars, you know, that, you know, the college bars. Right. And see if we can get to, will you watch? And so I said, I'll watch all your luggage. So they went and came back about 45 minutes later. We ate. We waited till about, uh, you know, we waited till, you know, probably, I think it was one or two in the morning. The bus came, picked us up. By the, we got there like at seven o'clock. My flight took off. Not to Dallas, but I believe it was to Northwest Arkansas Airport. And I got in at 3.30 and ran off the plane. Luckily, my car was in that, that lot and went right to the radio station. I had to be on at 4 in the afternoon. 
Yeah. And I had wow. not slept since Saturday night, and mm. it was that was the worst I've ever had. I've never had a, the only bad winter delay I had once was when Chicago, uh, I, it, you know, they didn't get a lot of snow, but for some reason everything was shut down, and I was supposed to leave at seven a.m. to uh, to uh, go to Chicago and then to Dallas, and we left at seven p.m. And I had plane, a, uh, and and we got I get in like four in the morning mm-hmm. into uh, in into Dallas. That's the worst winter I've ever had. I had a man made delay. Uh, I will say that it was this man who caused the delay. Uh, actually, it was I was doing. Uh, I, I went to Richmond, Virginia, on behalf of uh, our company. It was actually the weekend gig that I was doing at the time, and it was Father's Day weekend. And so that morning, I was I was doing an event on Saturday, and then Sunday morning, Father's Day, uh, I was flying home, coming out of D.C. And uh, I, I had to rely on, I didn't have a, a rental car, but I had to rely on, so I had to rely on somebody else getting me to the airport. That didn't happen on time, which is on me. Uh, so I was there all day. I was just waiting on standby on Father's Day. And at one point, I'm sitting there. It's mid-morning, and I'm sitting there, and I look over, and I realize the guy next to me is Art Buckwald. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, and he's reading the page. And then he just, nicest, nicest question. Uh, it, it's, it was in the way that only Art Buckwald could have said it. Would you like to read the paper? <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I've already read it twice, but thank you. And, and you know, it, it, and then that was it. He was wearing a, like this, salmon-colored coat that I'll never forget. I'll never forget the, the color of it. I thought, only he could get away with that. Um, and I sat there, and I was there 13 hours waiting on standby and then got home late that night just in time to come do this show. That was a long time ago. I think it was before yeah. I think it was before 9-11. I well, let me – we have any wood here in a Kanakam because it's been – 15 years since I really had a major delay, yeah. kind of major yeah. delay, over right. 15 years. Right. So hopefully everything, and, and I even uh, uh, was uh, uh, going back and forth with one of the weather people in, in Buffalo that I know, mm-hmm. and he said, you should be fine getting in, because I get in like 11 o'clock. He said, the real bad stuff, because if I don't get in Friday, I, if I know I can't get in Friday, they won't be able to probably get me until. Hmm. I, I would assume Christmas Day, and yeah. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, if it was Christmas Day, maybe I'd continue it, but yeah. how's that me- how that messes up the rent-a-car and things like that, I have no idea, but uh, I might not be able to get in until Monday, and if that's the case, I'll probably just, or if I can't get in, well, we can get you in Christmas night. It's like, just, you know, forget about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll visit Dad in a couple more weeks. Right. Just do that, but uh, right now they say that they believe that it'll be okay, because they have like 50 to 60 mile an hour gusts. That are yeah, going to be coming right. up on on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, the Chicago's going to get blasted. Mm-hmm. They're going to get hit bad. So, right, we'll see. You know, it is what it is. You know, when you yeah. fly all the time, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, do I? I don't get. It's like you do what you can do, and the rest yeah. is out of your control yep. because of because man has destroyed the planet and caused severe winters because of global warming. Yep. <laughs> True story. Oh, did you see the story? We'll have the, I'll have the story coming up. That the there was a story that was uh, 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 written huh, how climate change might have caused that turbulence in the Hawaiian airline uh, plane. Okay. All right, like, it's yeah. like no, of course it did. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course it did. It's like well, the key yeah. is it may. I mean, you yeah. never know what could have. Yeah, right. 
yeah, let's let's start covering news stories as to what could be mm-hmm. the reason for everything, mm-hmm. and, and take into any possibility, no matter what the percentage of accuracy is. And when conservatives asked this week, jokingly, "How's that global warming going for you?" The left it, loses their mind. <laughs> That's not how it works. We don't do that. Yeah, you do. But every heat wave, they do it. Yeah. <laughs> they do it. Yeah. Also, get dressed. Eight six six ninety red eye. It pays to have a tire maintenance routine, especially during the winter driving season. Between black ice and heavy snowfall, winter weather can impact your tires and your productivity in a number of ways. Here's a tire maintenance tip to help you avoid downtime and roll safely through winter. Check your tire pressure during every pre-trip inspection and make sure they're properly inflated according to the manufacturer's recommendations. Cold weather naturally causes tire pressure to decrease and underinflated tires can wear faster and impact your fuel efficiency. Maintaining proper tire pressure is essential to maximizing the performance, safety, and lifespan of truck tires. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. If you're foolish enough to want the Twitter CEO job, Musk will give it up. Uh, We'll tell you, that doesn't include everybody, by the way, but we'll get it. And by the way, that doesn't surprise us at all, and that means nothing. Well, It means nothing. I took it as a a tongue-in-cheek comment. I don't think he plans to step down, but who knows? I, I do believe at some point he's going to move on, right? Because that's just his nature. Well, he but. said he wants to be more concerned with the software and hardware. He said, "I'll just take over." Yeah, right. he said, "I'll just oversee that." Look, he's the owner of Twitter. Does yeah? Doesn't the matter. CEO would be basically the assistant boss, right? You said that the first thing you said. Well, it doesn't matter whether he's CEO or not. Yeah, and you know he's still he's the owner of Twitter. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It, the the play on the the poll the other day that he took was clearly a, a, a fishing expedition for bots, right. and I he's going to be owning Twitter for quite some time. This likely. is my favorite story of all. Listen to this, the, and this is on the uh, omnibus bill that uh, you know that some a few Republicans are going crazy about mm-hmm. this, you know, out of control spending as they're saying. Uh, we'll tell you about the Democratic senator who says. The huge spending bill will not affect inflation in America Mm. because much of the big numbers of the bill and the massive spending will not be spent on Americans, but will be spent (laughs) in foreign countries overseas. (laughs) I uh, I told you in the pre-show meeting. Make this up. I didn't see that one coming. You know, there there's a lot of there are a lot of plays that are in the playbook that you know are very predictable. I didn't see that one coming. No, neither did I. Trying to sell that. Hey, don't worry about inflation. We're not spending a large chunk of this. We're not spending it on you. Right. Come on. We don't we aren't going to spend a bunch of money on ketchup eaters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Delaware Supreme Court strikes down voting by mail and same-day registration. Most Americans say they can only stand less than four hours with their relatives on Christmas. The weather forecast for Christmas travel, Governor Abbott and Martha Raddatz at ABC, media quote of the year, and a whole bunch more all coming up. Even ask about the extra E. Call in during the show. 1 866 90 Red Eye. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara, 866 90 Red Eye. Yeah, we'll get to that here in, in a little bit, but on Tuesday, CNN Newsroom, Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut stated that the uh, omnibus spending bill does have some big numbers. But much of those large emergency funds are going overseas. So don't expect the bill to have any extraordinary inflation effect here. So don't worry. Don't worry. The massive spending, (laughs) according to uh, Chris Murphy, that we're doing, which we're borrowing from future generations. Don't worry. It's not going to go to you. No. Which would then mean people have money that's Uh too much, too many dollars chasing too few products. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and that would be inflationary. Don't worry. It's going to people overseas, that's right. your tax dollars yeah, yeah, that we're borrowing. Yeah, so yeah. So no problem that's, at all. That's the, that's the Democrats' answer so you feel much better about what's uh, mm-hmm. what's going on. You know, I was reading here, Kimberly Strassel, the omnibus uh, uh, bill is one of the ugliest, least transparent bits of lawmaking I've ever seen, mm. and that's saying something. It isn't just the spending through the new domestic numbers are gross, given the trillions spent over the last few years. Mm. It's also the Congress, in a new trick, is attaching dozens of pieces of standalone legislation to this. Retirement changes, public lands management, health care policy, cosmetics regulation, electoral count act changes, horse racing rules. Everyone deserves a full debate and a roll call vote so that Americans can see where their representatives stand. Instead, this monstrosity is cooked in a back room, and members can claim that they had no choice but to vote against a shutdown, ducking accountability. And remember, the Republican leadership in the Senate is for this. Mm -hmm. Not that any member will have time to read this 4,155 pages of bad policy, obscene spending, and self-serving pork and earmarks. They'll just vote and go home for Christmas. Your government at work. GOP and the Dems uh, are just as bad as each other. This is how it ends, right? We fall, greed and spending. America was a nice ride. I'm sorry, that was the first response to it. <laughs> to mm. Kimberly Strassel. She didn't say that. I just kept going down reading <laughs> the, 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 the thread. That was <laughs> that was not her. So that one, the first response was, we're doomed. Yeah. Um, uh, and we are. But, uh, you know, you the, the reason they believe they can get 10 senators is because the Republic, these Republican senators believe that even Republicans don't care about massive spending. Right. That's why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have stated one of the problems is, and, and you know, we talked about uh, this was September of 2021 when the polling started coming out that showed that Americans, the majority of Americans, related spending to inflation. Did you see the poll that came out the other day that said the majority of Americans believe that spending doesn't cause inflation? Spending and borrowing 
doesn't cause inflation. Right. No, all I mean, of, all of a sudden, within a year, it changed. Mm-hmm. That pull, I never got to, I think it, I saw it yesterday. I'll see if I can find it. No, but, clearly what causes inflation is people talking about inflation. Yes, that's exactly, yeah, that's what yeah, causes right, talking right. about inflation. And and if you send your money, that, that if, if Congress sends money overseas, that doesn't affect inflation here. You know, I, I know that you're going to, you know, hear uh, peop- the you know, conservatives, you know, pounding their fist, you know, and, and screaming and yelling about what's going on after doing this uh, job now for, well, coming up on 34 years uh, and doing that for such a long time. You know, there there has been a there's been a pattern where we have seen Republicans over the last 30 years care less about spending mm-hmm. that's just the reality of it uh i um you know you and i have talked about the the fact that we're in the situation here because over the last few decades this is what the american public voted for we have exempted those that are true conservatives and of course the listeners of the show and by the way i got a i got a listener she was just you know furious at me i wish you'd stop talking about it i didn't vote for biden the election was rigged and 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 I said we never mentioned Biden. We talked about the last few decades, and we exempted people that are truly conservative, which means a significant portion of the people that listen to the show. Now we know mm-hmm. liberals listen to the show, so we have to exclude them. But she was furious. I'm like, wow. Well, I wish we could get some of that passion, uh, uh, you know, more often in the Republican Party. But mm-hmm. I knew, and I, I had stated this way way back in the mid '90s. When the poll was done, that and this is when uh, the Republican Congress under Newt Gingrich wanted to reduce the rate of growth of Medicare uh, and reduce the rate of growth of the school lunch program. And for the school lunch program, they were saying we shouldn't be subsidizing every single lunch because even if you pay the full price, that lunch is subsidized. We shouldn't right. be doing that right. to the richest to the richest uh, schools out there. We should look, and it should be means tested. Everything should be means tested if it comes to the school lunch program. Right. People that can afford to pay for their lunch should, right? I mean, that yeah. sounded logical. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats, remember, came out and said uh, the Republicans, by wanting to reduce the rate of growth of the school lunch program, wanted to starve kids. Yeah, and so they sort of backed off on it. Because they couldn't beat that rhetoric, but the poll was taken of Republicans, and the majority of Republicans thought that the school lunch program was good, efficient use of federal dollars. Of course. And I remember saying at that point, I said, meh, we're doomed. Yeah. If Republicans believe that we should send money from, from, you know, from our homes to Washington, D.C., to funnel through the bureaucracy and then send it back to the states for the school lunch program, we're doomed. Yeah. We're never, you know, we're the, then it's going to get to that point. The second point uh, was uh, 2005 when the Republicans were in charge and the Republicans just, you know, had a massive spending blowout. And the, you know, conservatives at that time in the Republican Party were screaming about it. And Tom DeLay, who's, if you think about Tom DeLay today, would be viewed as the ultimate conservative said conservatives need to shut up because we've cut spending as far as it can possibly go. And we said that's a load of horse manure back yeah, then. Yeah. And we said that's another problem. And then the next year, uh, they, <clears throat> you know, they lost, as we know, mm. in, in, uh, in, in Congress in 2006. And, you know, then 
we had seen just a response of doing the show in the, in the times that we did. You know, debt, when I was doing show in the 90s from Republicans, was just huge. You could feel the passion. Right. You know, you yeah. could feel it. Right. You know, you could get you, you. We got up to, you know, 2008, 2009. And remember the bailout. And remember that the Republicans and conservatives blew the phones off at Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. And remember the passion that you and I, you know, felt here. And then as it got, you know, really over the last five years, I think the I think the end of it, and I'm not saying it was the cause of it, but the end of it when I realized, okay, Republicans, a significant portion of Republicans, and again, that not if you're a true fiscal conservative, uh, but a because you know most of them have you know stayed and said you know we we shouldn't be doing this, but when we got to the point of in 2015 where the swamp was viewed as Paul Ryan not willing to renegotiate the deal that John Boehner made with Democrats mm. and said, no, a deal's a deal. And conservatives were very upset about it. And that's actually where Trump, that was Trump's first, I think, when it came to anything fiscally, really caught the attention of the American public. And the swamp was considered Republicans who would go along with Democrats and not cut spending. Mm-hmm. Six months later, Trump was proposing that we borrow trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. His own words, we borrow trillions of dollars because the interest rate is so low. Right. And fix the infrastructure. Which, of course, it doesn't work that way because it, w- it was never going to stay at zero forever. Right. And you, we, they weren't going to pay off any of the principal. Right. And, and we remember on the show when we objected to it and what we got uh, from Trump supporters was criticism because mm-hmm. he's a businessman and he knew what he was doing. And then he eventually, though, had to back off on that. And he did back off on that. And I knew at that point, I said, we're never going to get it under control because the Republican Party, the Republican Party, and I don't know how much of the Republican Party it is, but it's enough of a significant part of the Republican Party where the passion to do something about the debt and spending is just gone. It's just not there. And so we'll continue to do it, but I'm not going to get angry about it anymore because I've seen it coming for over 25 years. It's nothing new to us. And we, how many times, if you've been a long-time listener to the show, we've warned and warned and warned that finally there would be consequences to what we're doing. We have the inflation. Americans recognized it last year. Now the latest polls, Americans, the majority are saying, oh, no, we don't believe that spending and debt and uh, you know, causes inflation. Yeah. It's like, no, we're just going to pretend that it doesn't exist now. The cause of it will just say, isn't the cause. And then, you know, we'll move on from this point. And even yesterday, I mean, I don't feel the passion from the Republican Party. I mean, you see it now, but even if the House, you know, you saw Kevin McCarthy, you know, come out and say, we're going to punish anything these people want to do or anything that they support. Mm -hmm. Any of these Republican senators is absolutely dead. And I think it was somebody in National Review went, well, what does that actually mean? Right. Will he really follow through on that? You know, if it's there's so much that they agree on, are they not going to pass the things that they agree on because of right. it? But there was great suspicion that even what McCarthy was saying was just BS in order to, you know, let. And I don't know whether it is or not. We'll see. Look, but, there, but, but there's great suspicion from conservatives that even McCarthy is is credible on really wanting to cut well, it, and look, it, it comes down to um, who these individuals in the Senate represent. If they have, if there are 10 or more Republicans that don't feel pressured 
to be fiscal conservatives, that's the way it's going to fall. It's about what they can get away with politically. We have a number of problems with McConnell uh, and uh, a, a number of Republicans in the Senate. But the fact of the matter is, on items like this, they can get away with it because the people in their states don't care. Right. The Republicans in their state don't exactly. care. Right. The, the people right. that would, that support <clears throat> them, put them in office, and may vote for them again, don't care. They're and, not blowing and, up the phones. Remember, at the end of 2008, conservatives shut down the phones on TARP 1. Yep. Well, that's a long time ago. And then it wasn't long after that that we had conservatives calling us saying, well, the banks are getting a bailout. I want mine. Yeah. So things change. And again, we know that doesn't include everybody in our audience. We get it. But this is how you get to where we are. And we talked about when Greece was having problems, we said, we're not Greece yet, but we're on the road. And here's how it happens. And we lined it out. And the conditions right now are coming together. And now our debt to GDP ratio is higher than when they had right. their problems right. in, uh, in in Greece, right. and only get and it's like the the you know the Democrats don't recognize it all. They don't care. They don't care. They just they right. they just don't care. But if now, they had the votes, they'd be spending right. trillions more. And and now you know you have more Republicans that just don't care anymore. But it goes to the point of you can't say that look these Republicans aren't. You, if you're a true fiscal conservative, you can say the Republicans aren't doing my bidding. Right. But a right. growing number of Republicans believe that what the Republicans are doing is the correct thing to do, yep. to spend the money, yep. to be out of control, to uh, and and to take a, uh, to uh, uh, quote Senator uh, Murphy, uh, that uh, don't worry, this isn't inflationary because we're not going to be spending this money on the American citizen. We're mm-hmm. sending this money overseas. Right. That might, any of the money that might cause inflation in the United States, don't worry about it. You're not getting it. We're sending it overseas. Right. That's the selling point that they have. But the reason is they believe they can get away with it because this isn't anymore where Congress isn't hearing what the people, you know, what the people think. More the people think the tax. They just ignore it. They put their blinders on right, when it yeah. comes to it and just go, well, I just need what I need now. And we can't worry about what happens in the future. Right, right exactly. Uh, you know, we'll never talk about we never talk about the morality and the how evil it is to put the debt of what we want today on future generations. We never talk about how immoral that is. Nope. No, we and, don't. And so, uh, you know, it's, you know, it is it is what it is. It's where we are uh, today. And, you know, I can be passionate, but I'm not going to pound and scream and yell because I've seen this coming for over 25 years. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, uh, Eye. Don't worry, there uh, border security money uh, in there. The uh, spending bill, $410 million for border security. Oh, oh, okay. In the Middle East. Oh, good. So just wanting to... Well, it's a start. You know, baby steps. 
We don't want to just jump in all at once and do something about the broken border. Baby steps. You don't you don't throw in, you know, say twenty five billion for a wall. No. Hundreds of millions to go overseas. is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across... The USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, if you would like to get into the show. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Do it for Christmas. Why not commercialize? (laughs) Yeah, right. right. (laughs) Do something special. You guys are part of the Christmas commercialization. Give them something they will love forever. (laughs) Like one of those luxury car ads this time of year, and it comes yeah. out. Like, Who are these people? I, I what is the what is the one commercial where the husband gives his wife something, and I don't know, but it, it doesn't relate to the fact that she gives him this luxury vehicle. Right? Look yeah. what I have for yeah. you. Right. <laughs> like, it's like, and what he gives her, believe me, is not as expensive. But well, here's what I have for you, and then this a and, coffee mug that says "Best." Puppy mom. <laughs> and all of a sudden the car comes through the snow. Uh-huh. It's like through the snow. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I, love, I love that one. I got uh, my wife a, a 2023 luxury car uh, calendar, and uh, I think it's going to look great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On the home office wall. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, oh, somebody posted on, um, on Facebook the other day, and they were being serious. You know, they were saying, like, from what I know, we're not getting a no Christmas bonus this year. Mm. And uh, I was talking. It was funny because I was talking to my dad. Mm. I said, yeah, I just read this this uh, this one guy I know on Facebook said, no Christmas bonus. Mm. I said, I went back and thought, I've never received a Christmas bonus in my entire life. I was, when I came to this job, I would have gotten one had I not left the last job. And the general manager actually he was handing the checks out himself, and I was leaving that job to come here. I started this job in December, and it was on my last day. I mean, this guy really didn't like me, and he's walking through the building, handing out checks, not not direct deposit, handing out checks, and he walks by, and he says, well, people who are leaving don't get one. He actually said that to me. <laughs> And walks over and gives it a friend of mine. And then my buddy opens it up and and I, you know, and we're in this big, you know, bullpen area where, where uh, we hung out and, and uh, my buddy opens his up and I said, how much is it? And he goes, it's $200. I said, oh, 200 bucks. That's not a bonus as the GM's walking out of the room. 
<laughs> now I've got a turkey. Yeah. When I, when I when I worked in the, when I uh, huh. when I worked at uh, as a machinist huh. uh, at a uh, manufacturing steel plant, I we got a turkey. Yeah. So, yeah. Or a coupon for a turkey. Right. Yeah. Pick up your free turkey at. Yeah. And then one year, I believe they gave us. This is the closest. I've never received cash, uh, but one year is like a fifty dollar gift certificate to a particular supermarket. Mm-hmm. But I've never received like a Christmas bonus where. And I, I just, um, I think we got. I think our company here gave us a gift card a couple of years ago. Oh, they gave the credit card. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we did. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah. They, you're right. It's very nice. That's right. We did get one here. That's right. Okay. I did get one then. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. We yeah. got that, the the credit card. Right. Okay. Right, right. All right. See? Yeah. Our good company. Yeah. Right. All right. So I've gotten one. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's, that's it. So, but I just wondered if it's something that, because this person was just so like indignant, I'm like, is this something that do people like in other businesses get Christmas bonuses all the time? Is this something that over the last, you know, I, I just, I just never. I have a it. friend who is uh, an accountant for a huge corporation, and it's been this way when he worked for the last huge corporation he worked for. But it's pretty much the deal that he got, and end of year he gets it's a massive bonus, and it always hits this week. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but I think that's right. part of his pay. That's not a company thing where they give a massive bonus. By the way, I have no expectation for a Christmas bonus. I did. I mean, I, I, I did. I'm, I'm still waiting. They did still you, have did time. Did you really? Huh? No, no, I mean, I've, I was, no uh, I've never had an expectation <laughs> ever in my entire life for a Christmas bonus. Yeah. You know, if oh, it, no, I've got even, expectations, but even, I, I, even, just, even, I get even, let down a lot. Even even the turkey and the <laughs> – I never have. I've never had an expect. I've never thought about <laughs> – a Christmas, you know, that kind of... I said One waiting. million dollars. I sit around waiting for it all day. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm, uh, I'm always greatly and, disappointed. But I that's I was just wondering because this person was so insistent. They could tell they were angry. We're not getting a Christmas bonus this year. I went, is that like a thing that happens in most jobs? Because it hasn't happened for me that way. And there was no mm-hmm. expectation uh, uh, of it. But I was mm-hmm. just wondering, is that is that commonplace? But yeah, uh, I don't think it is. Mm. You know, and 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 then you see all the you know the Christmas you know uh, uh, you know watch Christmas shows and whatever, and it's like you know we're we're not getting are we getting our Christmas bonus this year? Because even in the seventies and eighties, people were talking about the Christmas bonus, the Christmas bonus. I'm like, mm-hmm. I never got one. Well, just... uh, the <laughs> these days, if there is a bonus, it's a performance bonus, and you already know about it, and you you right. know when to expect it or not. Because the the person wrote, he said, "Well, I'm I'm sure I'm going to hear well your Christmas bonus is the fact that you're employed." Well, yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. Because if I get a Christmas bonus, if somebody gives me, here's 200 bucks for Christmas and you're fired, <laughs> I'd rather have the job. I have a family member who gets a, uh, they break their bonuses down into quarterly. They don't wait until the end of the year. That way they want you to basically stay motivated all year. And their research found that if you did it once a year, that people didn't stay motivated around the year. And so they do quarterly bonuses. And it works. So far, it's working. Now, Somebody's I, doing very well. I don't know if you call this a Christmas bonus, but uh, I worked at, at uh, one radio station, and I knew that I was probably the, the the person who had brought me in to work there. Mm-hmm. He got let go, mm-hmm. uh, and and even though 
I was doing, and I was a talk show host. And mm-hmm. even though I was doing my job and everything else, and nobody really had any complaints, I just thought, I'm going to be fired. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be fired. I said, but if I make it to the Christmas party, mm-hmm. you know, I should be okay. Yeah. They won't fire me till after the new year, so I'll have a couple of more weeks. Right. So they have the the, the Christmas party, mm-hmm. and the general manager is up there thanking everybody. Mm. I'm not mentioned mm. <laughs> until the very end. And he says, "Oh, and uh, and great job, Gary McNamara too." I was the last one mm-hmm. mentioned. Mm-hmm. I get fired the next morning. <laughs> I come off the air and I, say, the, only- the, the general manager wants to talk to you. And I said, uh, I said, oh, am, am I getting, is this it? Well, you know, I said, come on, tell me if it's it. I'm not angry. If it's it, it's fine. I, you know, mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah. And I went up and it yeah. was like, it's like, uh, I just, and it was actually one of the best, uh, I mean, I haven't been fired much in my life, but mm-hmm. radio, is it really fired? I mean, I fired to me is with cause. But in radio, you just always say you get fired. I mean, there was I didn't get yeah, you get cost. laid off. I I've been right. let go one time in a radio. Right, and and so I went up there. I said, I said, yeah, I know it's it, right? Yeah, mm. okay. Uh, you know, here's your, here's your uh, uh, severance pay, and uh, HR will take care of that. I'm like, okay, no problem. Mm-hmm. And he goes, uh, you know, normally we have security walk people out, but don't believe we need it with you. I go, no, nah, you don't. He goes, say goodbye to everybody. Yeah, you're not a threat. Hang out as long as you want. And really. I did. I mean, I was, I was saying goodbye. Yeah. To, and people are crying. I'm like, ah, whatever. It's on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And and the interesting thing is, uh, about a, a year later, I was told that the person said, eh, made a mistake. And I will say this now. I won't go any, but that station carries red eye today. Oh, all right. And has for a well, while. we'll show them. Yes. That's, 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 that's how you, that's, that's how you know. Hmm. And uh, let me let me uh, two state. Let me see. Yeah, the two stations in talk radio that let me go carry red eye. Hmm. Yeah. So eh. it am all I, works am out. I, am I upset? Now one day they'll come calling again, well, and maybe <laughs> I'll go back, and maybe I won't. Yeah. When, when have I found, a Ralphie moment. I remember when we found out, oh, they're going to be carrying the show. I didn't sit there and go, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Okay, good. I cool. will not work for those individuals. <laughs> yeah. I, I have my standards. I will not be heard on the air. Yeah, it's radio. Lighten up. Yeah, Lighten up, Francis. Well, the, the thing is, it is it is radio. And what I found interesting, I know in my life, me getting let go isn't even close to if I have to let somebody go. When yeah. I had when I yeah. had to, when I had to let people go, even with cause, that hurt more than ever getting blown out myself. I fired five people in one day. Oh, I wasn't even the boss and had no authority to do it. I just did it. <laughs> I just let them, I just called them all into my office and said, "We're letting you go," and they left. It was just something I wanted to do. I'd never done it before. You're lying. It's a joke. Okay. You look confused. You look yeah. highly confused. Yeah, I'm just like, you're not telling the truth there. It's a joke. And, and Quite the, often there is no truth in a joke. And, yeah. and, and the punchline is? I wasn't the boss. I just fired people. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I had no sure authority to okay. do it. Okay. Yeah. So you've yeah. never done it then? 
No. You never had to let anybody, yeah. No, even That's, when I was the boss, I never had to I had, let anybody go. Even, even somebody I had to let go for sexual harassment was tough. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, it was just, uh, just like, uh, I, you know, it, it was, it was, you know, like the guys just so upset about it. And it's like, there's nothing I can do about mm-hmm. it. And got, but, uh, the, uh, the, the one time though, I'll tell you this one time I was told, uh, I was, uh, I was doing a morning show. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was doing a morning show and the, uh, the program director became the general manager and he said, I'm making you the program director. I go, I don't want it. He goes, you don't have a choice. Do I get a raise? No. Well, I don't want it. You have no choice or you're fired. Well, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to take it. And the first thing you have to do is fire. Every, you have to tell everybody they're going, you're going to cut their pay in half. Everybody that he hired, he said, you have to let everybody, you know, let uh, everybody go. If they don't take a, uh, a, uh, you know, a pay cut half of what they're making. And I said, well, I guess my first answer as your uh, new assistant is, no, you hired him, you fire him. Mm. And never cut his, he didn't have the guts to do it on his own. And he never, he never fired, he never fired them, never cut their pay. Mm. So, I said, I'm not going to do your dirty work. I wouldn't you. have problem firing somebody for cause. I, I don't have issues with that. Um it's not personal. It's not personal. I just, I, I just, it's always, it's always just, it's, it's bothered me more than me getting, well, I've never been let go for cause in mm-hmm. any job in my life. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, but, uh, I mean, I got over it, but I felt bad, but the, mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, that, that was, uh, <clears throat> that was tough. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just, was it justified? Absolutely. But it was still tough. Yeah, that's the thing that settles with me right away. And you know what it was? It was like, how stupid are you? What is wrong with you? Yeah, the that's person was a good would, employee. It was like, what? That's is, why, it, I, it was, yeah. Maybe it was more, maybe it was a, I was upset because I was angry. Because like, what What do you do? What What kind of an idiot are you? And and what happened was he he uh, uh, grabbed, this goes back to the 80s, he uh, grabbed the butt of one woman walking by. Mm. And she came to me and she said, I will only tell you this if you don't fire them. Hmm. And and she goes, you cannot fire them. I said, well, I can't make any promises, but tell me. And so uh, I took it, you know, and she told me what I didn't. I said, well, I think I have to fire him. And then I went to the owner, also a woman, mm-hmm. and brought him in and said, one more chance. He did it two weeks later. And I was like, I didn't even go to the owner. I said, you're gone. Wow. You're gone. You know, and I said, how stupid are you? And very, very talented person. You would never view this person as somebody who would do something like that. Mm-hmm. It came out of com- the com- completely shy, reserved kind of guy. Yeah. And it was just like, and now today, you don't even get a second chance. Yeah. I yeah, w- uh, Then yeah. I wouldn't have given the person a second. My vote would have been, don't give him a second yeah. chance. He's got to go. That was my vote. I yeah. was, you know, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't get the final. There's the, no excuse for that. The, at the all. second time I never went to the the owner, it's like, it's like no, we're mm-hmm. you're you're gone. And she, when she found out I fired him, she agreed. You know, yeah. she didn't disagree this second time. But no, I want him gone the first time because I didn't want the liability. And yeah. it was I was overruled by the owner on that one. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's tough. So yeah, I've been uh, I've been, and then there was another time I was oh, oh when he wanted me to do that was right at, at Christmas time. 
And yeah. so uh, when I didn't, when that's well, that's when when I didn't fire them. Then he went to each one of them and told them that would they like to have the job, and he was going to fire me. Mm. Did they want my job? And all of my employees refused <laughs> and said no. We're not, we're not going to take that job. So he didn't fire me at Christmas time. He kept me on for another year. Yeah, I was fired uh, six days after, uh, five days after yeah. Christmas. <clears throat> it wasn't fired. They and, were and, making a change. And later on, years later, hmm. found out huge fan of of Red Eye. Hmm. <laughs> years later, I mean, like twenty years later, found out right. huge fan of Red Eye. So. Right. Yeah. Well, it all it all works it all out. works out. It all works out. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but. So good. Thanks for reminding me that I did get one Christmas bonus one year. Yeah. 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 Because that was that was cool. Right. Eight six six ninety red eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. Before you even head out onto slippery roads or snowy conditions, you need to make sure your vehicle is ready to go. Some equipment is especially important when driving in winter. Ensure that the heater and defroster are working properly and that all exhaust system connections are secure. A loose connection could cause carbon monoxide to leak into the vehicle. Check to see that the cooling system is full and there is enough antifreeze. It's recommended that you use an antifreeze that is rated for negative 25 degrees Fahrenheit. Confirm that all lights are working properly and that they're clear of snow, ice, and dirt. Check to make sure the wiper blades are in good condition and that you have enough washer fluid in the reservoir. It's also important to use washer fluid that is rated for cold temperatures. Finally, check that battery cables are firmly connected and are not corroded. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. So here, uh, Governor Greg Abbott. You saw that story from yesterday. Ripped uh, into uh, veteran ABC journalist, journalist, <laughs> political activist Martha Raddatz. We had played the audio cut the other day mm-hmm. where uh, she's trying to blame the fact that you know the Republican response to Biden is, "Well, you want open borders," and her. She did the interview with him. It was, a, I guess, a taped interview where uh, she had said uh, that the only people she hears talking about open borders is not the president, but Republicans. He goes, what are you talking about? You know, And he just said, no, we, we've known from the very, very beginning. Apparently, he, I wasn't happy with his answer, by the way, hmm. that he gave. I thought he should have been much harder on her, and he must have realized that because he responded Tuesday to a clip from his interview uh, after she said she had never heard President Biden use the term open border while instead recounting such rhetoric from Abbott, DeSantis, and uh, Donald Trump. Abbott told uh, 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 was, was on Fox News and said Raddatz claimed that the messaging reverberates in Mexico and beyond was uh, while being acted upon by cartel smugglers is simply untrue. It's just crazy to suggest anything like that. It just shows that the mainstream media, they're really clueless about what's going on at the border, as well as Joe Biden's spokesperson, 
who said the border's not open. Abbott compared the Biden administration and Trump error uh, uh, leads to the uh, uh, Abbott compared the Biden administration and the Trump error leads to the conclusion the preceding administration oversaw the most secure border in decades. Unlike Biden, Trump enacted the Remain in Mexico uh, endeavor, enforced Title 42 pandemic deportation policy, and uh, and more. Fourth branch of government, Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE, if you'd like to get in. All right, well, uh, we have the uh, the cost of your Christmas uh, menu here. How much has the price of food increased in 2022? Hmm. Now, this is November of 21 to November of 22, okay? Not since inflation started, which was really March of uh, when you look at it, the inflation started in March of 2021 is when it went over 2%. Uh, flour in the last year up 25%. Bread, 16%. Cookies, 19%. Crackers, 20%. Mm. Pies, tarts, and turnovers, 19%. Ham, 8%. Poultry, including turkey, 18%. Eggs, 49%. And milk, 15%. Families can expect to spend 16% more to feed their families during the holidays compared to last year. And so if you look at that, if you look at you know that and then remember, that goes to November of last year. And then you take March to November mm-hmm. of, that, of that time, you're talking 20%. Yeah, go back two years. years. Yeah, go back to the Christmas of, uh, of uh, 2020. Yeah. Uh, the findings were based on the uh, the uh, on the prices for thirteen popular uh, holiday items, including eggs, including eggnog. Oh, okay, yeah. eggnog, green beans, mm. and bone-in uh, spiral cut ham at Albertsons, Kroger, Target, and Walmart. This year's price hike is double the price difference from the uh, uh, the calculations in twenty twenty one. Which means if it's double, that means it went up 8% at that point. Yeah. If it's double, then it went up 8% between, uh, you know, March of 2021 and, uh, oh, excuse me, November of 2021 and November of 2020. Right. So 8% plus 16%. So you're talking, you know, like I said, way over 20%. Uh, so it's like, how can I save money on holiday shopping? Don't buy stuff. Yeah, right. Exactly. Call your loved ones and tell them how much you love them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> tell them it's the thought that counts. Right. And that you didn't put much thought into it. And then tell them good luck. Um, yeah, we're keeping it simple this year. Uh, my wife is making lasagna. We're going to have salad. Uh, I'm actually... I am over the top giddy. I cannot wait. She makes the best lasagna, so 
Uh, we're going to have that. We're going to have some soup. We're going to have uh, some other items. And uh, we did the turkey and ham thing at Thanksgiving, and I cooked. And I'm taking Christmas Day off. All right. Hang out. See, I have a deal with my sister because my sister does the holidays now, and mm-hmm. we have a deal. Mm-hmm. That uh, if I'm, I wasn't, I'm trying to think. No, I wasn't back for Easter last year. So it used to be Easter, Christmas, and Thanksgiving. She would do that. And then, you know, when we go to the, the, the breakfast restaurant, Marty's, mm-hmm. I pay for that all year. <laughs> yeah. And in return, I don't have to feel guilty. <laughs> right. For her thing. That, that's the deal that we made a couple of years ago. I said, look, every time. In fact, they came to me because I was back so many times in the last year. I really since April of, of you know, of 21 mm. when, you know, you could travel again. Right. Into, into New York State. We've gone so many times. Where my brother-in-law came up to me and said, it may be getting a little bit unfair because you seem to be you seem to be back once a month paying for all these breakfasts. And I'm like, I said, no, it's it's I love it. I live for that. You know, to sure. be out with dad at that sure. little that Marty's restaurant in Clarence Center that we in New York that we talk about that I talk about all the time and post on Facebook. You know, it's become a family tradition. I'm glad to do something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, as I said before, if you ever would have told me and I said this when my mom was alive. If you would have ever told me as a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old that some of the best experiences I would ever have in my life, one of the best experiences would be sitting at that little restaurant with my mother and father, and that would be one of the highlights of my life, Mm. I probably would have told you you were crazy. Shows how much you know when you're young. Right. And what what you truly value when you go through uh, a significant portion of your life. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I still have a very, very significant portion left. I do. Yeah, sure. I, I do. I, no, I keep I, thinking I, that. I really do. I, It'll keep you young. I, I, I do. It's, yeah. It's not over yet. I'm not. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> you still have hours and hours to go. <laughs> I could make it to the end of the year. Sure. <laughs> By the way, I'm fine. We're just talking the age factor. Yeah. <laughs> Natural causes. I'm not sure I'll make it to the end of the show. <laughs> Natural causes. I'm just talking about without time. falling asleep or <laughs> just toppling over for no reason whatsoever. I'm fine. But maybe I'm not. I'm not a doctor. How would I know? It's none of my business, frankly. But but another survey was done. Oh, good. Uh, a survey of 2,000 Americans who are traveling to visit family for the holidays found. You can't say Americans. Oh, United Statesians. Yes, a survey of 2,000 United Statesians. <laughs> We're rolling with that. We're going with it, and you can't stop us. It's uh, if, already done. If you don't know, Stanford uh, University says it's a no-no to say, I'm, I'm an American. Mm-hmm. Because somehow they came up with the insanity that, well, you know, it's the, the Americas are... 42 countries in the Americas, and there's North America, and they're the Americas. And, and and so when you say, I'm an American, well, then you make it sound like the United States is superior to all those other Americas. Well, we are. We that's, are. That's how we start. Well, we, I, we are. <laughs> I think it's kind of sad because now, for the first time ever, they're going to have to bleep Lee Greenwood. Because <laughs> I'm proud to be a blue. 
Okay, somebody's got to make that video. Just for my own entertainment. God Have him singing United that. Statesians. Yeah. And then just bleeping the word American. <laughs> <laughs> oh, things are so stupid. And they got pounded for that. Yeah, of course. A they do, survey yeah. of 2,000 Americans mm-hmm. uh, who are traveling to visit family for the holidays found respondents can spend an average of three hours and 54 minutes with their family before needing a moment to themselves. Wow, those people have endurance. That long? (laughs) According to to the survey, 75% of respondents will hit a point where they need time away from the crowd. They can be creative in their ways of escaping. One in four has hidden in a relative's house to take a moment alone. (laughs) Well, the first place you would go is the bathroom. (laughs) The thing is, you can't stay in there for hours. I mean, well, you can, but you shouldn't. While thirty-seven percent have gone so far as to make an as to make an excuse and leave the house altogether. Okay. The survey was commissioned by our friends at Motel Six, and you know, they're and the reason I mean they commissioned it saying if you got to get out, <laughs> you hey, can stay with us. <laughs> we got a room. We're gonna keep the light on. We'll leave for a you. light on. Come for on you. over. <laughs> Come on over. And and conducted by one poll, it examined the. Delicate balance. I just love how this is written, by the way. Mm. Uh, the uh, the Hill.com had this. Uh, the, the survey uh, uh, examined the delicate balance between wanting to spend time with family and also needing a bit of space. Yeah. Of those surveys, 95% believe it's important to spend the holidays with family, and two in five of those planning to stay with family admit that it can be a stressful experience. The average respondent is staying with family for three and a half days this holiday season. But the sleeping arrangements might be one reason they're not staying longer. When hosting family, nearly 40% say finding sleeping arrangements is one of the most stressful parts of preparing for guests. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that because you want people uh, to be yeah, comfortable. Right. I, you know, like if we all head to my parents' house, I, my drive is very short. Um. My sister lives there in town, so we can we can go home. But I have other uh, siblings who come up, and they have to work out the sleeping arrangements. And yeah, that that gets a little tedious. When staying with family, the top concerns were found to be a lack of privacy, mm. family getting on your nerves, yeah, and drama yeah. between family members. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's in addition to feeling feeling like they're imposing hmm. and, and having the house be too loud or busy. So right. those are the yeah. things okay. right there. Now, for me, it's a piece of cake because I'm in my college bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Or right after college bedroom. Yeah. I was I was didn't live there for a long time after college, but that's my my after just after college bedroom is what it is. Yeah, if I um if I sleep at mom and dad's, I'm in my high school bedroom. Yeah. So it doesn't, for me, it doesn't seem, it it really, it doesn't seem weird at all. And now my father uses it. It's more of an office now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the uh, the bed is like a, not the most comfortable bed on the planet. <laughs> my parents but I have sleep, this. But I sleep great in it. My parents have this, in that room, my parents have this pillow. That is the most incredible pillow. 
It is memory foam, but not like the memory foam that we have today. Mm-hmm. This pillow goes right back into shape. It's the softest pillow, and I swear to you, I'm going to steal it. I'm going to I'm going to take it. It is the greatest pillow, and I sleep great when I'm there. But I don't. Most often, I don't sleep. I don't stay overnight. The the thing that made me feel the most uncomfortable about, uh, especially the last couple of years, mm-hmm. was I leave so many so much of the time. I take the early direct flight out. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be taking the early direct flight out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. My father always insisted on getting up, mm-hmm. and as he got older, I didn't want him to do that. Right. Yeah. And he, this happened last summer. Uh, he. You know, the alarm went off and he couldn't find it. And he fell out of bed, mm. fell on the floor. Mm. And he actually cracked some ribs. Mm. And we're finally he's agreed that he won't get up. And I yeah, said, yeah. I, it makes, I said, makes me feel we can say goodnight. That, that that was the thing that made me feel uncomfortable going yeah. back is that my father just felt like he had to get up, you know, to say goodbye. And I said, Dad, I'm, I'm back once a month. You see me all the time. Sure. You know, at times you may see me more than other relatives. Yeah, right. <laughs> the other kids that live in town because I'm because mm-hmm. you get busy and you may not see your, you know, right. You, uh, but not the case. I think everybody's over there almost every week now because he's just older, and so he needs right. he needs more assistance in in doing some things. But mm-hmm. uh, that was the one thing that bothered me, and now he's agreed. You know, because I'm out of the house. The flight leaves between six thirty and seven, so I'm out of the house normally by, I don't know what is it. Four thirty, quarter to five. Hmm. I don't want him getting up that early, right? So, and so he's all cool with it now. So that makes me feel good. But as for you know, politics, people think because you're a talk show host, everybody talks politics. Never brought up, especially like when at my sister's house for the dinner and everything else. My father and I may get into a discussion, or my brother and I, you know, just separately. But when the party is happening, the big on Christmas Day when we're over at my sister's the whole day. Never comes up ever. Yeah, no, ever. I we're we're so busy catching up with each other. Yeah, on you know life. Yeah, the kids. You want to know what the, yeah. the, my nieces, and nephews want to know what they're doing and everything mm-hmm. else, and it's just you know general generally having fun, teasing each other. But yeah, uh, you know it's uh it's a very I'm very very blessed because everything is. I don't believe there's ever been ever a major family fight at any kind of holiday gathering no i've I feel, never experienced that i feel blessed to have because i know in some families it doesn't work that way yeah. and i really don't feel that uncomfortable you know at all which again is another blessing that i have yeah 866-90-RED-EYE coming up more with gary mcdamara and eric harley it's red eye radio It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, the media quote of the year. We'll get uh, to uh, that. It's not our judgment. It was uh, Newsbusters. Oh. Newsbusters. Okay. Even even though we may we may agree with it, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's still they had they had uh, come up with it. And uh, Elon Musk, the the uh, you know whether he's going to give up his CEO job. This is really one of the dumbest stories out there 
the way it's being handled by the media. I was looking at one headline. I read it to you. Elon Musk's future as Twitter CEO is suddenly in question. And and I'm just, I laugh at it. You would state it from the very beginning when you saw that. He goes, well, it doesn't matter if he's CEO. He's owner. <laughs> the story will be when he sells Twitter. Yes. Yes, that would be the story. Nothing else is going to change. <laughs> I just... <laughs> And and the, some of the left are trying to make it like as a victory. See, we have we've got him. He's forced out. He's not going to be CEO. Okay, he's the owner, you idiots. He'll be owner. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. And if you can't listen live overnight, you can listen when and where you wish on your brand new smartphone that someone in your family will get you for Christmas. (laughs) And if they don't, they clearly don't love you. Exactly. (laughs) But that's okay because we do. We do love you. Hmm. Most of you. Yes. <laughs> we love most of you, like the rest. We we, we like a lot of you and we <laughs> tolerate a few of you. And and uh, the the re- the other the, the rest of you are like family. You irritate us. No, I'm that's kidding. Right. Nah, I'm just kidding. Well, that's why our, our show uh you know it's five hours, but uh like that poll said most people can't go four hours without needing a break. <laughs> Listen, that's what the breaks are for, right? Yes, yes. we give you a break. We give, we give you, you a break a, a few times an hour. Yeah. Get up and walk it off. That's why we do it. That's the yeah. only reason that we do it's that. It's the only reason. <laughs> it's the only reason. You know, I was sitting here reading uh, uh, Andrew McCarthy. You know, we had we had talked about the whole January 6th, hmm. the, uh, the final conclusions and the criminal referrals and we went well there's there's nothing there's nothing here uh you know the 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 thing they you know there was no insurrection to begin with right. as soon as you do that it's like no there was a riot yeah uh as soon as you say that uh you know donald trump didn't call for you know anything to be peaceful you can't make that case no but as uh Andrew mccarthy writes you know there's danger in repeating the same script ad nauseum as the house january 6th committee has done And it's not one, but two final performances. Recall that the last one in October featured the dramatic proclamation that the committee was issuing a subpoena for Donald Trump's testimony under circumstances where it knew it would never get such testimony. Monday's theater, apparently the finale, with Republicans poised to take control of the House and shutter the production, featured the dramatic proclamation that the committee is referring the former president to the Justice Department for prosecution under circumstances where it knows such referrals are non-binding and generally ignored by the Justice Department, except to the extent 
that it may be counterproductive to building a successful prosecution. The danger of repetition is that one begins to notice flaws that previously slipped by undetected. I finally caught a basic one during Monday's performance. If the committee members have said it once, they've said it a hundred times. President Trump intended to disrupt the peaceful transition of power. If the phrase were a drinking game, we'd have been sloshed by intermission at each committee session. Alas, the repetition may be the mother of study. It is not on the matter of political narratives, the mother of proof. Forget the committee's opening vow to establish that Trump masterminded a multi-part conspiracy enterprise. Here, the committee can't even prove its basic point. The truth of the matter is that Trump intended to disrupt the transition of power. The committee has not come to close to proving, much less proving beyond a reasonable doubt, that he intended disruption of the peaceful transition of power. What he's saying is the transition of power because he thought that you know, he had legitimate beefs that he wished to disrupt that. Hmm. There's nothing wrong or illegal in doing that. There's nothing unconstitutional with doing it. Right. He said, but what they're making the case is that Trump intended to the disruption of the peaceful transition of power. And he said, sorry, you can't make that point. There is no evidence that you can prove that at all. And that's what you're saying the charge should be. Right. The salient distinction is easily missed because it cannot be gainsaid that the peaceful transition of power was disrupted. There was a riot, after all. It was carried out by Trump supporters. They assaulted security forces, injuring scores of police. They also smashed windows, broke through doors, and generally caused a non-trivial amount of physical damage to the facility, Hmm. although Congress was able to reconvene a few hours later. Since the rioters did not firebomb a federal facility, as left-wing radicals in Portland reportedly did, nor burn the place to the ground and kill a person as left-wing radicals in Minnesota did. That would be trying to, you know, disrupt the peaceful, yeah, uh, the 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 the, uh, the peaceful activities mm. of the federal government. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the hole in the committee's case has always been a criminally actionable nexus between Trump and the violence. Mm. There isn't one. As we have stated, right. Look, um, you know, you you look at it uh, from this this point of view. You, if you walk through the actions here of of uh, what happens next, the DOJ gets this criminal referral, and um, let's just say, I mean, clearly they're not politically motivated at the Department of Justice, but let's just say for the moment that they are, um, and clearly they are. But do you want to hand Trump a couple of wins? Now, I have no idea where it's going to go on the election and and all that. But we're talking about the Department of Justice, if it is rumored that at that point they're going to take this up, right? And they're going to consider uh, all of this. They already have a special prosecutor. You're building support in his base because it's politically motivated. All right. So there's that to a certain extent. But then this gets to the Supreme Court. And he wins. I mean, if this case were to go that far, then he's going to win all day. 
do you want to hand him the victory? Well, it's likely that they're not looking to hand him a victory. It's likely they're not looking to move on anything. They're going to do what they did with the Russian hoax and just hang a cloud over his head. Politically. Until, I don't know, out of the thin blue, November of 24. And just keep it rolling, keep it floating out there as, well, we're looking into it. And the fact of the matter is, is that they know they don't want to move on this because you're not going to win, as Andrew McCarthy and others have pointed out. Where's the criminal wrongdoing and what evidence do you have if you're going to say there's criminal wrongdoing? What are the charges and how do you support that with evidence? Where's the evidence? And we've always talked about the two major charges of the January 6th committee, and this has nothing to do with how you believe morally he hand, Trump handled it that day. It's whether there was criminal action that was yep, done yep. and the evidence needed in a court of law. Mm-hmm. And as he writes here, it is not legitimately possible to convict Trump of inciting a violent crime because whether you accept that he meant it or not, he explicitly called for peaceful protest. The committee knows that well, but studiously purged Trump's allusions to nonviolence throughout its performances and it was a performance yeah is what it was right. we talked about how many times and, and and that um um oh i can't think of her name i got mind blank oh. the republican liz cheney oh <laughs> the the the, yeah. the 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 number of times mm. that she actually uh she actually uh you know read the quote of what trump did leaving out the peaceful portion of, of it. Right. And that's where we said right at that point, you know, that when you um, when you look at, at, you know, what she did and her father, remember, backing her up? Hmm. Yeah. Her father would have never agreed no. with her opinion when he was a congressman. No. Nope. Never. Nope. Uh, but she purposely left that out. And... As he writes here, the committee knows this well and said and but studiously purged Trump's uh, allusions to nonviolence throughout the performance. The Justice Department doesn't get to do that. The law mandates that prosecutors disclose exculpatory evidence. Mm -hmm. This is why the American public knows that this was a political effort. It was not any act of justice whatsoever. Because when Liz Cheney can eliminate where Trump said it's peaceful, you don't get to do that as a prosecution. You cannot state, because what she actually did, she stated false evidence. Yep. She changed the evidence in order for anybody who is listening that doesn't know what actually happened on that day believes that something else happened than what actually did happen. And that's the problem that they've always had, uh, 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 you know, with that. The law mandates mandates prosecutors disclose exculpatory evidence, and when there is exculpatory evidence that negates a core element of a crime, the Justice Department does not indict the case in the first place. It's not that the DOJ wouldn't love to charge Trump with a violent crime. Right. It's that the DOG, DOJ doesn't want egg of acquittal on its face. Exactly. 
You don't want to, because it, of course, would be politically motivated. But if it's politically motivated and you lose, he wins. And the other thing is, you know, the obstruction of Congress uh, and and fraud on the United States, which mm-hmm. was actually as much of a ridiculous uh, charge. Why? Because whether you agree with him or not, he got advice from his legal people. Yeah. Whether you believe it was right or wrong doesn't matter. He got legal advice. Yep. He went with that legal advice and went to his vice president and said, I believe this is the law. You should do this. His vice president said no. And he didn't do that. What they're claiming is because Trump said that to his vice president on the basis of what some of his legal team was telling him. Others in his legal team were telling him something else. But because he followed that advice, he has a right to freedom of speech and he has a right to tell the vice president, here's what our theory is on the law and we think you should do this. Mm-hmm. That's not against the law. There is no law against doing it. And so Liz Cheney, and this is where Liz Cheney, as we said, she has she is not a conservative. Because you can't ignore the law. You can't sit there and say, I hate this guy and I believe he did something morally wrong. Therefore, we're going to criminalize what we believe was morally wrong. Right. And that's what she's doing. Right. And she knows she's doing it. And her father knows she's doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's not defensible. Why do you think Liz Cheney has not appeared anywhere where there could be cross-examination of what she says is legally correct. Because she knows she'll get hammered. Because she knows under cross-examination she would get destroyed. She get absolutely destroyed. Yep. So, you know, and and so, you know, there, you know, there you go. I mean, those those are the two major uh, uh, things uh, uh, in there. But there is no evidence of a crime happening from Trump. There was no conspiracy. They've never proven any type of conspiracy where Trump was the mastermind because it doesn't exist. Right. You know how you know it doesn't exist? Because those that have been arrested or charged with sedition or insurrection or whatever. You don't think the DOJ would want them to roll over on the president? First thing that they would do is roll over. The majority will let you go free, but you need to talk. How did this go down? Tell us about the conspiracy. Tell us about the planning. Tell us about who in the upstream was in communications with you. And the majority that have been charged and been convicted now don't like Trump anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. They they believe they they, they a number of them say that they believe they're they've been lied to. Yep. So you can't get anybody to roll over who now does not like you anymore. Yeah. Uh, there was no conspiracy, no evidence no. of any conspiracy. Never has been. They never had a case, and it's reprehensible what they did, and it's reprehensible that that uh, you had that that they attempt. To make this view this as a uh, as a, uh, you know any any type of due process, yeah. Because in, even in politics, you need due process. Look, even the first impeachment, it was. Um, uh, oh, I can't think of his name now. I got mind blank. Adam Schiff? No, no, no. Adam. He told Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi, "You can't do this." Oh, Nadler. 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 Mm-hmm. You can't do this. This is unconstitutional. You can't right. do this. You, right. You 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 cannot do this. You have to allow for cross-examination. No, we're not going to do it. Right. Nadler knew it. Nadler right. knew it was all bogus. Mm-hmm. 
They knew it was bogus. Democrats know that the January 6th committee is bogus. They know there's no criminal there, there's no criminal evidence against Trump in this case, in the charges. They know it. They don't care. No, they don't. They don't. Now, you know, the light shines on them and their bogus approach more and more. And at some point, you know, they're the rank and file Democrats going to get sick of it. Not because they like Trump, but because they've had nothing that sticks because they keep grasping at nothing. They keep throwing nothing at the wall, hoping it will stick. Yeah. And it's not. It's not. In in fact, I agree with most, uh, I, I think most analysts that are, that are looking at this, not from a political partisan point of view, but a legal point of view. And that's how we're looking at this. Legally, this isn't about politics. It's not about morality in either way. It's about the 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 law and mm-hmm. what does the law state, and was there a law broken here? Right, and there isn't. But I believe that the January sixth committee has now hurt the Department of Justice case. They have tainted anything the Department of Justice does now as political. Yep, right, and keep going that direction. And it won't work for your side. It just won't. Look, they're not going to pursue this, most analysts believe. And I think they're right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, uh, Red Eye. I was looking at uh, uh, Newsbusters, and they have the Brian Stelter Memorial Award for Worst Quote of the Year. <laughs> That's yeah. what they call it, a Brian Stelter Memorial Award for the Worst Quote of the Year. And uh, <laughs> who who got it hmm. this year from uh, Newsbusters.org? Don yeah. Lemon. All right. For this. Yeah. The word on the street is that you guys aren't allowed to be liberal anymore. Is that is that the case? I don't think we ever were liberal. What? <laughs> Colbert. What? What? Like, what are you talking about? This is, this is the delusion of the left. But it, it does go back to what uh, uh, was, uh, uh, you know, in, uh, in the book Bias with Bernard Goldberg. Right. Where he said they don't believe they're liberal. They just believe they're right. Yeah, they believe right. there's the left, there's the right, and even though they agree completely with liberalism, they don't believe they're liberal. They right. believe they're above it. Right. And that was perfect. Uh, number two was uh, <laughs> uh, Michael uh, Beschloss mm. uh, from MSNBC, the presidential, <laughs> quote, historian, yeah. where he said, we could be six days away from losing our rule of law. A historian will say what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact of whether we will be in a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. Remember that one? Yeah. That we played? Yeah. Man, there's a lot of uh, wild quotes from the year. And, of course, AOC. Listen, listen, listen. Yeah, I mean, I think, that, you know. There's not so much a quote as it is uh, fun slash annoying to hear. 
Yeah, that may that may we had more fun with that one because it's her constituents shouting her down. That was the whole point of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna yeah, have to play that again. Yeah, he 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 knows he knows I'm he knows I'm searching for it. All right, are, are you you're yeah, ready? All right, all right, all right here, here we go. go. Right, yeah, here here. Go. I, I found it. All right, all right. Okay. All, right. all right, all right. Listen, all right, listen, listen. Okay. Listen. yeah that was a fun one This holiday season, give the gift of the Red Eye Radio app. Merry Christmas from Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. Red Eye Radio. Uh, okay, I had uh, an audio cut there, and for some reason it uh, messed up. All right. I had it all set to go, and it messed up on me. Well, and, fine. And, and it was the, you know, it was the, uh, the list. Oh, there it is. Okay, we got right. it. Okay, we got it. All right. Okay. You're ready. She's back. I have it. Okay. We okay. got it. Okay. All right. Okay. Why well, won't it play? All right. There's why it won't play. You had it? All right. All right. Listen. All right. Listen. Listen. Okay. <laughs> Merry oh, Christmas. I don't have so much trouble with that. It, it's just, I don't know. I must be in the vacation mode. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe your computer just refuses to play her voice. <laughs> it's Quiet quitting. And that was our audio cut of the year. Just because our was computers so have been quiet quitting for years. Yeah, they have. Yeah, <laughs> mine. I think since 1996. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all you folks are on Windows 10. We're already on Windows 98. What are you talking about? I get the I get the notice every day now. Mm-hmm. To get future Google Chrome updates, you need Windows 10 or later. This computer is using Windows 7. Yeah, well, Windows ninety eight was like from nineteen ninety eight. Oh, I know, but I'm saying yeah. I'm we're at Windows seven. Mm-hmm. That's actually impressive. <laughs> and I based keep, on the history of things, I keep getting the war you know warning. You need to change on my computer, or your computer needs to change. You're fine. I'm fine. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. No more updates for you. Good luck. <laughs> The, the good news is <laughs> you don't have to suffer the security patches updates every 10 minutes. Yeah, that's true. How did Bill Gates ever make a dollar? I don't know, but I had my – I have a laptop that I never use, and I had to go through it again. I didn't turn it on for like three months. Yeah. You turn the thing on, and you can't do anything for about three hours. Yeah, I love my MacBook. It's just updating everything. Mm-hmm. It's just – over here, like, what's going on? How come I can't? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just, it takes like three hours. So I have to turn it on once a week just so I don't have to do that. I don't use it that much. But I, I have just, to do an OS update uh, uh, update a couple of times a year, but MacBooks don't do that. I, I don't know how anybody would even get through that. I, I just, that would be so frustrating. 
have to wait. Well, because if you use your computer every day, you're not. Mm. It's just not as no, many. But updates. they were going through. They were still going through way too many. Yeah, and it was taking way too long. Yeah, but I mean, I don't have. If if I turn on my, that laptop once a, a week, I have no problem. Mm-hmm. It's the three months where it just. I mean, it's just everything in the world is updating. Mm-hmm. There's like five, six different things going on at once. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, first world first world problems. Yeah, that's right. what that is. Right. All right. Uh, this story I found interesting. How much range electric vehicles lose in the cold? Doesn't it matter how cold it is? Yeah, it would have to. It would depend on the temperature. Yeah, because right? they don't. Because they. I, that's one thing I noticed in the story. It says all electric vehicles driving ranges shrink in cold weather. Okay, but yeah. but others more. But does some keep more than others? Low temperatures increase resistance inside batteries, which reduces their performance. Mm-hmm. This is from Fox. The effect uh, varies widely from vehicle to vehicle and doesn't necessarily change in lockstep with falling temperatures. So it's tough to pin down. Online <laughs> why, battery. Why, why did they even do the I article? <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't really know. Online battery health <laughs> reporting company Recurrent gave it a shot by collecting data uh, from EV owners and onboard vehicle systems to estimate how much range is lost between 70 degrees and 32. Of the 13 vehicles studied, uh, the I-PACE, Jaguar I-PACE, Perform the best, losing just three percent of its two hundred and thirty-four mile range in cold weather. Okay. The uh, Audi uh, e-tron Premium Plus was second at eight percent drop, which is particularly good for its owners because the model looked uh, uh, the model looked at had a range of just. 204 miles on a full charge. Hmm. Uh, Both models benefited from using an efficient heat pump for their climate control systems, which redistributes uh, heat being generated from the powertrain. At the low end was the Chevy Bolt with a 32% drop, which was slightly outdone. Wow by the Ford Mustang Mach-E premium all-wheel drive with extended range battery and the VW ID4 both at 30%. The Tesla models uh, ranged between 13 and 19%. Some of the cars included also relied on the heat pump technology. So there you go. What about air conditioning? Well, yeah, I mean, air conditioning in the summer is going to also draw down on the battery. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I know that, but I mean, what's I? I what I want is I know it's going to draw down. I wonder what the percentage is. Yeah, for that, I'd like I to see. That. I'd like to see those numbers mm-hmm. of uh, for that. And let's talk about real winter driving. If mm-hmm. you know where I'm, where I'm going to be this, you know, this coming weekend, probably will be dealing consistently with oh, I don't know, three to three to five, six inches of snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. You're going through snow. Uh, and it's just, it takes more. Yeah. And when it's, when you're talking about not 32 degrees, when you're talking about in the teens that it's supposed to be like, and you're going through tr- uh, snow and the traction is, you know, is what it is. And you've got the heat going at full bore. 
you know, what do you, you know, what is it? Is it, is it, is the average if you took it, even if you're using a heat pump and how efficient is the heat pump in, in getting the heat to you? Uh, how long does it take? I'd like to see the breakdown too. Uh, the I'll, one thing about winter driving too is that uh, you get into the extreme temperatures and if you are, if you do have to travel and that's your only or primary vehicle, then the risk of a breakdown, right? I was talking to my daughter who was going to be traveling uh, during the cold weather coming up, but she's postponed that travel. But I was basically going down the checklist, you know, when I sent her the text and said, reached out to her and said, okay, look, need to make sure that these things are in the car and everything else. And, you know, just, she knows this, but I'm a dad and that's what I do. And so I would like to see the breakdown of, all right, what would happen with any given model in a breakdown situation, because we're talking about sustaining life. If you break down in the heat, yeah, it's going to be very, very uncomfortable. But if you're getting, you know, again, and especially uh, into these extreme cold temperatures, we're in a situation where you have to drive, then what is the risk? And how long would the battery sustain if you couldn't, if the car couldn't move, if you had to stay in the car and it couldn't go. And I haven't seen that breakdown. You know, it's a problem with a gas-powered vehicle. But one of the things about a gas-powered vehicle, if you run out of the source of energy, uh, it can be delivered to you. It can be brought to you. Right. Um, and that's one thing with, with batteries is that, there's going to be, you know, what is the rescue like? Uh, it, you're likely going to have to, of course, leave the car behind. That can be the case with any vehicle. But if you're out there on a road and you have a breakdown, if there's some other type of breakdown, how long would that battery sustain life? What's the efficiency, too? Does the efficiency go down in, at a charging station when it's 15 degrees out? Hmm. Right. Right. Does it take longer to get to a... right? 80% or full charge. Right. Uh, this is from uh, last summer. According to Gear and Cylinder, uh, a, a magazine, a study done by AAA found that on average, across a few different makes and models, EV ranges fell by 17% when driven in 95-degree conditions when mm. using the AC. Mm. What about 105? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. When you're in the South. Sure. 110, 112 in Arizona or Nevada. Car and Driver magazine did a similar study in winter in Michigan. The article describes putting a Tesla 3 to the test, specifically in cold weather with a heater on. Mm. According to the article, using the seat warmers and heater on full blast dropped the range over 60 miles Mm. compared to the same distance with no no heat running. Right. This uses 35% more energy and significantly drops the range. All right. I mean, real-world conditions is what you're talking about. Warm weather uh, are a double whammy for EV drivers. First of all, high heat makes batteries work worse right off the bat. Secondly, every function of EVs draws from the only source of the power, the battery. Right. On a gas vehicle, AC compressor is driven by a belt and is turned on and off using an electric clutch. On an electric vehicle, the compressor still spins but it is electricity driven off the high-voltage batteries. While heat draws even more power, the AC significantly impacts your EV's range. Hmm. 
So, yeah, I mean, those are all things taken into consideration. And when you and, and think when I grew up, you know, I, when I grew up in Buffalo, you know, you're always going to have those conditions living in in Dallas. You know, you're going to have those heat conditions on a consistent basis. So mm-hmm. you look at it and you say, well, I my whole life I've driven in extremes. Mm-hmm. And so I need something that can be dependable when it comes to extremes and and give me much more leeway. You know, for example, if I if I can get 400 miles in my gasoline car and there's a gas station every, you know, every 10 miles, not well, not every 10 miles, every few miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, then, yeah, I can I can deal with that. No problem. I know there's going to be less hassle and I can get that car filled up within a couple of minutes. Mm hmm. Even on the open road from town to town, you know that you're likely going to hit a gas station, you know, every hour or two. Right. Yes. And you can plan accordingly. Um, but, you know, but beyond that, again, the, the breakdown issue and the transportability of the energy source. You know, when I, uh, when I went through Wyoming the first time, I was amazed that even if you're on the interstate, you come to these intersections and, you know, you've got – Okay, you're going to hit this road, and then there's you know the the road maybe going north and south mm-hmm. that you're getting off at, and you see there's a gas station. You go in, and it's a very small gas station, and the concrete road or the asphalt road ends, and it becomes a dirt road right at the gas station. Mm-hmm. And you go the other way, and the it turns into you know, and and you're talking hundreds of miles of this, mm-hmm. and you're like, I, where's the where's the electrical inf- infrastructure there? It, I'm sure it's not there. Right. It just isn't. Right. And I remember when I was going through in the summertime, and it was hot. Mm-hmm. And the one thing you're thinking of is, well, I hope everything works on this vehicle because, and I was driving, the one time I went through, I was driving a new car, and it's like, hope yeah. nothing breaks on the new vehicle. No, the planning is going to be tedious, regardless of the type of vehicle, but what are your best options? How are you best prepared for yeah, extreme situations. Exactly. Question. And that's a thought that's always through my mind because I've grown up and it I've grown up and lived the vast majority of my life in extreme conditions. Mm-hmm. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Coming up following the top of the hour, uh, here we are. This is our second last show of the year. I mean, tomorrow is our Christmas show. And just sort of take a look at, you know, I, I was I was reading an article, uh, thespectator.org from uh, Roger Kimball, just about, you know, where we are right now uh, in this this uh, this country and it's he the article is the deep state versus Donald Trump. The saga is not over. And he goes through talking about how history books are going to look at, you know, everything that's gone on mm-hmm. right now. And history is going to look at it and go, whoa, you think about everything right now. And this article doesn't cover everything we're going to cover. But you think of where we are right now with inflation. You know, you see you see this omnibus bill that uh, the Congress wants to pass and the massive spending and the inflation and the debt that we have that is getting to the point of being extremely serious where it's caused this massive inflation and it doesn't seem like Congress at all, even you don't have stiff 
you may, but right at this moment, you don't have stiff opposition from the Republicans to say we need to do something about it. And so you you have that. You look at the Hunter Biden laptop. You look at what history books will look at as probably the most uh, the the largest attempt by uh, by government and the media to censor and destroy free speech hmm. in American history. And you and then he talks about Trump. You know, Trump who went from this real estate developer the most unlikely presidential candidate and president, he said, probably since uh, Andrew Jackson in the history of the uh, United States and how the biggest lie, one of the probably the biggest lie, political lie in American history that was created by the Democrats was used against him. And he said, what are history books going to look at this like? We'll talk about that more coming up. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What Women Binge, wherever you listen. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 